Shelby. Hi, Andrew. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. That's good. Yeah. How, how are you? How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Oh, good. We're we're doing another morning recording for you, two times in three episodes. How weird. When you were a kid, Saturday morning cartoons a big thing. Oh heck yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. Um, Did you my, have a favorite? Recess. Oh, mine too. Yeah. Oh. Uh huh. Have Have we never talked about this? Um. I loved Recess. I don't know if we have or not. I also really loved. I mean, what's not to love? There's every kind of character. Um, the drama is just so real life for children. So good. And yet it made you feel like you could be anything you wanted to be in the playground. The world is your oyster, kid. Yeah, I completely agree. I didn't have cable growing up, so they had, I think it was like ABC one Saturday morning or something. Yep. And recess was on from eight to nine, I think. Mm -hmm. And it was just a, just a must see every yeah. every week. Yeah. Yeah. I would I'd get up on a Saturday at eight o'clock to watch the Marisas. Mm-hmm. Like now. Like I'd do that. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if I would now, not, but not every you, week, but like just like it's once. On, once would be fine. It, it's on Disney Plus. You don't need to wake really? up at eight okay. AM. <laughs> at least it was. I don't know if it still is. What did well, you that's think when of it came out? The uh, the recess movie. Uh Recess School's out? Yeah, that's the one. Oh, I loved it. Oh, I, so I really loved it. Did you have a yeah, favorite really character? Was. Let's see. There was Mikey. Uh-huh. There was TJ uh, Reese. Was his name Reese? Um, I, I don't Gretchen Spinelli. Uh-huh. Um, I really liked the teacher, but I'll keep... And then there was Gus. There was Gus. Um, I'm really having know. a hard time because I looked up the cast online, but of course it's... It's it's the it's real just, people and not the, and I'm like who are you people like yeah. um yeah it's really throwing I, me I think his name was Reese that's the only one I don't remember for sure but I think my favorite was Mikey just I mean, a, just great. a sweetheart of a guy and a beautiful singing voice as Be- well beautiful singing voice mm. yeah good oh, for him how about you here we go I've got the cartoon. I I shouldn't have looked at oh, the cast. I should have looked at the character list. That's yeah, really yeah, what yeah. I wanted. You live and you learn. Who gives a shit about those people? Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I loved um Ashley Spinelli. Oh yeah. Yeah. The Spinelli. like the one in the gang. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. You remember that episode where they find out she's an Ash? Yes. She, her name's Ashley. And oh, she classic. Gets brought into the cult. And she, like, transforms, and then she discovers that she doesn't want to be in the cult. Beautiful episode. Beautiful. So good. Beautiful. So good. Um, King Bob was a very funny character. <laughs> very good. Amazing. <laughs> oh, fantastic. What was the teacher's name? Miss Finster. Really? The, the grumpy No, one? no, that's the... No, no, the other one. They, their actual teacher. Because uh, Miss oh, Finster was the recess uh, Ms. monitor. Miss Grotkey. Oh, okay, okay. Miss mm-hmm. Grotkey. Uh, yeah. She was nice. She was very nice and kind of eccentric. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like everyone had that teacher at some point. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, I think so. Uh-huh. Um... There was an episode when it came out on Disney+. Plus. Uh, I think it was like 2018, 2019 when that started. But I made anyone who was around just watch the Dodgeball episode. Yes. Uh, where Gus... 
Gus's his name, the little guy, his name was El Diablo, and I still find it just incredibly funny. Oh, and some of the character names on here, it's just like Corn Chip Girl, Hustler Kid. Like, Swinger Girl? Yeah, it's just Library yeah, Kid. So like good. It, it's just, what a classic. What yeah. a classic. Everything that you'd want. Yeah, absolutely. Saturday morning cartoons. Uh, for your Saturday morning, what are you drinking? I am drinking uh, coffee with some oat milk and just one honey. One honey. One honey. Did you did you pour it out? <laughs> say honey and then stop. Yeah, I I didn't. It's it's what I am, um, what I am estimating to be a honey because my honey came from a jar. Hmm. Okay. Um. And so it's. What I would imagine a, a honey for you would be. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what could, a funny I be, sentence. I could be oh, wrong. Well. But <laughs> People are so confused yeah. if they have never heard yeah. this before. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Uh, sounds delightful. Thank you. Is honey and coffee like a, a normal thing? I'm, I'm not a huge coffee drinker, as you know, but mm. a listener might not. Uh, but is honey and coffee a regular thing? I feel like I first started putting honey and like I don't do it all the time like I I hardly ever do it actually um but I feel like I got like a like a cinnamon honey latte or something one time and I was like oh that's a that's a good idea Hmm. yeah Um, that does sound nice yeah so sometimes when I have a coffee and I just want it to be a bit sweeter for whatever reason um I'll put a little bit of like hot chocolate in it or um but sometimes I don't the hot chocolate's not really rich enough, so I sometimes I don't really want that. So sometimes just putting a little bit of honey in there is um, it just does the trick. The other day, maybe a few weeks ago, I made a simple syrup with honey and with um, a cinnamon stick. Ooh. Oof. Mmm. Mmm. Chef's kiss. Hit the spot. And then I had enough for like three or four days of coffee, and it was just delightful. It was a great Very decision. Good. Yeah. I'm proud of you. Thank you. What are you yeah. drinking? I saved the first drink for you to watch. Okay. I got a pineapple habanero cider. Ooh. Um, yeah. There's no carbs, no sugar, just as nature's intended, just as nature intended, excuse me. Uh, Anna's cider. Here we go. Are you ready? I'm so excited. Shelby describes Andrew's drink face. Pineapple habanero. Oh. Oh. Hmm. Oh, you are unsure. I am. And a little I am unsure. And a little puckery about it. You can definitely taste the no sugar. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. It says it has a higher alcohol content than I would have guessed. It's like six percent. Yeah. Which is fairly high for a cider, but it I can't really taste it. I definitely taste the habanero more than the pineapple. But it's mm. not overly spicy. Interesting. So, there you go. Okay, okay. I like the can design. It's just simple and orange and yellow. And yeah. Just just feels right kinda to me. Kind of clean, simple, modern. Mm. Yeah. I, I'm Seemed a, like a refreshing way to start my Friday afternoon. Yeah. I'm a little disappointed that the pineapple's not more present, but if there really isn't any added sugar, then that kind of makes yeah, sense Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe, maybe I'll taste it more soon. But. Also, I don't really understand that, like, no sugar... As nature intended, like pineapple is sugar. Yeah, and it's delicious. And it's incredible. Sugar. Yes. 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't know. I guess they I guess it's just a, a nice slogan that doesn't actually make sense. One of those, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. I wish um I want someone to come out with like a a line of slogans that are just like really honest, like no sugar because there's no room for joy in your life or like you know like i just i just would really appreciate those i just yeah. need something to be advertised in that way and i'll buy it whatever it is maybe we should just make them okay. um like burger king this tastes bad um, <laughs> trip it to me because you really have that much time <laughs> <laughs> wonderful <laughs> <laughs> you go for self-deprecating and I just make fun of Burger King. <laughs> Good choices. Really sums up our yeah. personalities. Good choices, uh, both ways. Yeah, yeah I think so. Mm. Oh, Welcome to Trip It To Me, everyone. A show that no one has time for, by the way. Uh, <laughs> where we talk where we talk about going on trips with groups and, uh, and how to make those successful. I think... I was, I, gonna, I was the, gonna jump in and say and how to avoid it, but I just, <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. We like groups. Groups are fun. For whatever reason, we were both really drawn to the the roadmap title. How to yeah. make a uh, I don't I don't know what we're actually going to title it, but something like yeah, ro- uh, a roadmap to success. I just the visual is just so good. Yeah, we can draw one. We could, um, but we probably won't. We could have signs like boundaries this way, like good communication point. Like I just, it's a, it's just a great visual for me. It's really working. A fun recurring bit on the podcast that's only fun for you and me, but no one else that we could start doing is just like, hey, we're going to do this on our Instagram this week. Stay tuned. And then, it and then just never ever yeah. I even, the last few times I've even made notes on our show notes so that way we remember, but... <laughs> Um, I just, I just, no one has time for that. Sorry, guys. Sorry, everyone. If you're wondering if we're going to hop over to the new social media platform, no. No, I'm 30. Go oh, away. I don't want out. a new platform. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Just just because you're 30? No other reasons? Well, I think I've always been old. Um, Andrew, yes, if you, you wanted to jump over to the new platform, I would go. I, I'd, I'd, Threads? Yeah. Is this what I don't, what I don't care is. about threads. Okay, thank I think you. it's Twitter, but not owned by Twitter. Which is stupid. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Oh, that's just I'm, stupid. I'm going to ride out Twitter until it dies. Well, cause uh, you're because you're watching the implosion. Like, you're, you're enjoying it. Yeah, it's that, a lot of right? fun, really. Yeah. And, I mean, Twitter is very... Like, the, the most useful thing about Twitter is if you're a sports fan. Because mm. so many people just put news on Twitter. Right. Um... Uh, so, so I'll just write that out with all the people I follow, and then, okay. and then if I need to find something afterwards, I will. But I'm with you. I don't want to get on something else that wastes my time yeah. when I waste plenty of my time already. Yeah, <laughs> I do that good enough by myself. Thank you very much. Uh, a, I don't need. There's any help. another trip it to me slogan. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh. Wow. Shelby, mm-hmm. what have you been up to? I don't or know. do you want me to go first? I don't even know. It's been um it's been a week of like being It's been, it's been one week. A week. Um then you look at me. Uh, I I don't even know. You went to a different song and then it clicked in what I did and <laughs> Oh, is that not the song that you were thinking? No, it was the song. Oh, okay. Like you did a different song at first and it then seemed I jumped like and back then, on board yeah. your song. Yeah. 
because I couldn't resist. His vocal tone is just so interesting. I had so to mimic funny. it. I had to mimic it. So funny. I don't know what I've been doing this week. Um, we have been going through the process of getting new jobs and like maybe relocating. And so the last month. Congratulations. Thank you. The last month has just been like my timeline has just disintegrated. I have no concept of what time is anymore. So. I think you can talk about Amsterdam if you want. Oh God, let's let's not. I did. I did. Actually, that's funny. Andrew is referencing the movie, which I did watch when I was sick, and I went, "Oh my oh, gosh, how are sorry, all of everybody. these? How are all of these amazing people in this movie? And how is this movie so bad?" Right. <laughs> um, and like, almost stopped watching at one point, but I was like, "Ugh, I'm sick. What else do I have to do?" Like. I'll just lay here. It's fine. Um, but There's I did... a speech near the end that I thought was kind of nice, if yeah. I remember right. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. There were moments where I was like, oh, yeah, this is nice. And then I was like, yeah, oh, okay. no, this is doesn't make sense. Um, but I did see this morning, if we want to transition into travel news, um, mm. this is really interesting. Amsterdam has put a ban on cruise ships coming in specifically they're they're really hammering down specifically on like uh like british young men coming to amsterdam um i was reading an article from bbc this morning and they really are targeting they're like please stay away like you are unruly you are rowdy we don't want you here you're not like you're not helping anything so there's there's gonna be um new like laws and restrictions and stuff put in place to kind of help this city come back not just from kind of like the the seedy reputation but like the locals that live there describe living in the city like it almost like it's disneyland or like it's a zoo like you just have a huge influx of people they get so many tourists every year that they just kind of need to like push pause a little bit and kind of get some breathing room. So hmm. that'll be really interesting. We, of course, we're not planning a trip to Amsterdam anytime soon, but if anybody else wouldn't is... Mind. Wouldn't, wouldn't yeah. mind. Wouldn't mind. But if anybody else is, maybe keep an eye on what's happening in that space. Um, so that way you have the right expectations when you go, because it looks like things are going to be changing in the next couple of months. Oh, very interesting. Interesting, right? It's like a real-life manifestation of that scene in Eurovision where <laughs> Will Ferrell's trying to get back to the competition <laughs> and then gets picked up by those really annoying Americans. Oh, um, that's so funny. I love that yeah. movie. I love that movie. It, it is pretty funny. So funny. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Um, so is that your what you've been up to? Sure, I guess. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds Sounds yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Shelby's face is so uh, undecided right now. I just I feel like there could probably be something better that I but but honestly that's just that's just been the week. And that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. That's okay. Mm. I, I think we both listened to the Janelle Monet album, but I yes. want to listen to it a little more before I mm. talk about it at all. But yeah, I did want to say because we did our favorite things of twenty twenty three so far mm. episode two. They were probably three episodes to go now, but um, but Matthew and I both talked about uh, s- albums made by men. <laughs> but I but I want to say like I think this might be one of the best times for women, uh, female vocalists especially, but but women bands. Uh, mm. um, yeah, it's it's really exciting. Just constantly putting out good music by different female artists that i'm finding yeah. so yeah it's great yeah i am um, uh, so. 
I, oh, last sorry. year especially was fantastic and and there's been quite a bit this year that i've liked too yeah yeah and yeah i agree i think um i need a bit more of a listen to the um the janelle monet album before really talking about it just because there's that much to listen to like i i was listening to it again yesterday on my way to work and um just some of her theming like the like the content obviously like a lot of it is sex but there's a lot of other stuff in there as well so um yeah, definitely keen. When you've had a good listen, we can go back and talk yeah. about that one because I, I really do think that it is a, a, a really well done album. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, really, really just impressed. I had one of her songs stuck in my head yesterday, um, the opening song of the album. It's called Floating, mm. um, or Float, excuse me. So yeah, would would definitely be keen to talk about that one a little bit more. Yeah, mm. I find pop albums in general just kind of hard to talk about and hard to make mm. actually i think yeah. um but uh but she is one that there's enough variation that i can really enjoy usually and so. and you can tell you know her album each song has a you know a different kind of genre influence so like it yeah. is a pop album but there's definitely there's r&b moments there's like jazz fusion moments there's um, you know, some more classical like instrumentation, but there, there's just so much to it. There's so much variety in the composition of, of the, the instrumental tracks. Um, and yet it all flows so seamlessly together, like really, really impressive composition there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, cool. Cool. What have you been up to, Andrew? Uh, if you'll allow me, Shelby, I'd like to jump in to film it to me for the next <laughs> 10 or 15 minutes. That's fine. I'm going to make myself another coffee with, with a honey. Would you say this is approximately a honey? That seems like about a honey. Uh, are you more? just... Yeah, yeah. Are you just going to leave? Is that what's going to oh, happen? Oh, no. I right brought now? all my oh. things with me. But if <laughs> oh, you hear okay. the clinking, it's just the spoon and the jar and the jug. Just and a just a little ASMR for everybody. Yeah, just Shelby's just making some coffee as Andrew goes to film it to me. Continue, yeah. please. We did it, everybody. Uh, Barbenheimer, uh, or as my wife affectionately called it, Oppenarby. Um, <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, is here. Uh, by the time this comes out, it'll have happened like nine days ago. But uh, what a what a time to be alive. Uh Barbie came out, Oppenheimer came out on the same day. I saw reports that over 200,000 people had bought tickets to see it on the same day, which is incredible. Uh, I was one of those people. But um, but yeah, I I don't remember this ever like happening before where two different like non-franchise movies, you know, you know how they put out like sequels and then and then Everyone goes and sees the first ones, yeah. and then they play the new one. But I don't remember anything happening like this before. Someone earlier this week mentioned Mamma Mia and Black Knight coming out on the same day. Dark Knight? Or, yeah, sorry, Dark Knight. Um, which, That's let me just funny. do a little checky check, because they said something about, it was like, something about, I don't remember, like, Mama Knight crawled so Barbenheimer could walk or I don't, something like wow. like it paving the way um what a what a headline i know i know <laughs> um and dark night let me just do my little fact uh, check here 
Um, So, I mean, for this weekend, it's incredible. Movies are back at least for a week, maybe maybe a few weeks um, before we get into August and a dry spell and people are moving their movie release dates because of the actors and writer strikes. But um, but for na- right now, we have movies and that is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Did you find anything, Shelby? Um, I'm reading an article. Yep. Um, yep. Uh, this article from Vulture um, describes the comparison. Um, a parallel contest from 2008, The Dark Knight and Mamma Mia on, yeah, on July 18th. Um wow. Yeah, so interesting that uh, again a Christopher Nolan movie, but yeah, very parallel in the tone, yeah. right? Of of uh, the movies, so yeah, yeah, in, in a way. I mean, sort a, of. In yes. a way, yeah, yeah. I I imagine that Barbie is uh, once you watch it, the tone will actually be quite different to Mamma Mia, but from the yeah, exterior, d- like the demographics that yeah. they're targeting. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But no, we, we did it. It's it was quite a day. We we ended up going Barbie, then Oppenheimer, mainly because Oppenheimer came out two hours after Barbie and Melissa had to work the next day, so she didn't want to stay up that late, which that that was just fine with me. Fair enough. Um, yeah, absolutely. I'll start with the order we saw them. Um, and I'm gonna keep it pretty vague. Uh, because Shelby is going to go see them. And honestly, maybe this gives some away, but I would encourage anyone over the age of like 18 to see both of these, maybe even younger than that. So, um, yeah, Barbie, I'll rephrase from we did it to uh, you all did it. We finally have a feminist movie that um, will be the center of pop culture that eight-year-olds to 80-year-olds can go enjoy and it doesn't revolve around a culmination of like a sad boy turning into a happy boy because a girl unlocks something mm. and uh, yeah that's that's amazing beautiful um it really is it uh it's very funny a surprising amount of the jokes land and there are a lot of them especially at first um but because of um, the direction uh, under Greta Gerwig and the writing under both her and her husband Noah Baumbach, who's also a very good filmmaker in his own right. Um, the the jokes are very good and maybe up my alley a, a lot. Um, so so I really enjoyed them. They're, of course, it's like with any comedy, there's a few that don't land, but. But I thought like a surprising amount of them were just incredibly funny. Mm-hmm. And yeah, really enjoyable. It's a very in-your-face movie. It knows what it's trying to say and is saying it loudly right to you. Awesome. Um, but there's also a few scenes that we'll talk about once Shelby gets around to it um, that add in some subtlety and some some maybe even mystery to the movie i thought it was i thought it was quite beautiful um yeah uh margot robbie is giving her best performance i think uh greta gerwig as i mentioned the director is one of my favorite filmmakers at this point uh made francis ha with noah Baumbach, and then and then made Lady Bird and a little woman both of which are incredible 
Uh, this is quite different than than those, but uh, but I really enjoyed it. And like I said, a, made it, a movie made for women. I don't think every single person in the world's gonna like this. Um, you can you're read never in, gonna, you, You're never gonna have a movie well, where that fits. No, and you can read between the lines on what I'm saying there. I think mm-hmm. there there is a certain uh, section of men who will not enjoy this movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then um, Oppenheimer, we went to that. The, I think Barbie ended at like 5.10. Oppenheimer started at 6. Melissa went and got some food. I just sat in the, or stood around the theater lobby. It was a great time. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and then I just, we I just imagine you just like, like processing, like just, just soaking up the joy of what you've just experienced, knowing that you're gonna go into another movie. Like, I just imagine you just like happily, just like, just like, kind of zoned out, just in cloud nine, like just, just loitering, happy ass, just yeah. yeah, just loitering and just kind of maybe smiling at people when they pass yeah. and just. <laughs> Just happy, just happy as can yeah. be. Uh huh. I think that's pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, Oppenheimer was—I uh, mean, the whole day was an event. But oh my goodness, this movie is an event and an achievement. I'm—I can see doing it the reverse order uh, because Barbie, in its own right, is really—it's <laughs> gonna catch on like wildfire and is going to be iconic for ten years. I think mm-hmm. like it's going to be quoted in middle schools and high schools for years to come um, where Oppenheimer won't be but Oppenheimer feels like a night at a theater um, mm-hmm. and the between the editing and the I mean it's Christopher Nolan so he's doing weird time jumps and and between that uh, and then the score is astounding um, yeah it's it's really something do you know who, it's, um, who did the score it's an achievement i don't remember i i had looked it up but i don't remember off the top of my head um yeah it's a wonderful movie it's three hours long uh which is very long um and i think the last hour of the film is going to be uh, i i think people I, I think opinions will vary on the last hour uh i have a hard time seeing anyone taking any issue with the first two hours like it, it is uh frenetic and incredible for being a pretty talky movie uh it never slowed down at all and i, I yeah i really enjoyed myself killian murphy is uh giving a performance of a lifetime he's so good in it so uh yeah it was it was really really good i i liked them both without giving away what i thought about the third hour of Oppenheimer and the last uh, few minutes of Barbie, I, I I thought the films themselves were lived up to the hype and were achievements in their own right. It was, I mean, they both have flaws. Um, I think Christopher Nolan has one big issue that in pretty much all of his films that I will save until we talk about these further. But um, but they both have flaws and they aren't like perfect. But they are going to be some of my favorites, I think. Mm. Um, and I, I thought it was a... I mean, it's cool that they came out on the same day and all that. And they'll forever be linked together because of it. But I did think it made for a, a somewhat interesting double feature. And in that they're both... 
about iconic figures, whether that be a real person in in uh, J. Robert Oppenheimer or um, or Barbie the doll. Um, they're both very iconic, but within that, they're very personal. I thought to the filmmaker uh, Nolan being the tortured artist who maybe isn't completely understood all the time and really wants to be. And then Greta Gerwig being a woman in a man's field and being a blonde, beautiful woman. I mean, it, it kind of, on even on a, just its face value, without getting very deep into the movies, you can just very well, very easily see how personal they are to each, each of the directors. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. Mm. Um, the composer for Oppenheimer was um, Ludwig Göransson, um, a Swedish composer. And um, this article that I've just been skimming, um, he gave Nolan 23 hours of music to listen to. <laughs> and then from there, they picked That's out funny. the very best versions. This uh, The article is titled, um, It Was Unplayable. <laughs> about just the frantic energy of the score which has me yep. very excited to I mean I was already excited to see the movie but has me very excited to listen to the score yeah uh, no I'm excited for you to listen to it to see it I'm curious which one you'll like more yeah uh, and for, yeah. for the record dear listeners it's not what I'm getting around to it I tried very hard to get my husband to call in sick yesterday <laughs> she did so that did. we could go see these movies it did not happen. He's way too good. Um, so we will hopefully get to it soon. No, I, I did not mean it like that. I know, I, mean, I, know. So I know that you didn't. I just didn't want the interpretation to be there. Fair enough. To be very clear. I'm trying very hard here. I believe in you. Yeah. If Ben um, wasn't at work right now, that's what we'd be doing right now. So. Yeah. Couldn't even record this episode. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. No. It was. It was a blast. I guess if you have the opportunity. Maybe go see them in the same day, but, but like I'm gonna go see these both again by themselves. I think mm-hmm. uh, it was it was worth that. So, yeah, I, I had a blast. Wonderful. So, a roadmap to success for traveling with groups. We've done a bit of group traveling. I think maybe Andrew, you've done more because your family tends to do kind of group trips frequently. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so you've done bigger and I've done more. I think that's fair to say. <laughs> so there's balance. Yeah. 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 Of course, you know, we just came back from Hawaii where we had um, our wedding that we had been planning for three years and we had, a you know, a trip of 30 people. Um, but outside of that, we, you know, we, I don't think Ben and I have done lots of group trips. Maybe I'm speaking more for myself. I know Ben did a, a, a friend trip to Fiji on a cruise. Right. We talked a little bit about that. I yeah. Think. And then I think maybe his family has done a bit more traveling um, yeah. than mine. So, yeah. So, in that, we have kind of an interesting balance of traveling with, you know, with groups lots of times, traveling with different groups of people, traveling with big groups, with small groups. So, I think, um, yeah, we've just picked up a few things along the way of how to make that process a bit easier. I think anyone who's traveled with a group can understand that sometimes different personalities, different expectations can bring different challenges to both planning a trip and then being on the trip. 
so that's what this episode is about. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I think you might be selling yourself a little short. You've gone on quite a few trips in recent years with family. They're just in hmm. little segments. So you go to one, from one family to the next to um that's true you've done you've done road trips and they've been smaller Mm. groups like four to six people right but um Mm. i guess in my brain i think i guess i've classified those as just like going home for visits but you're you're right though we have done within those visits we've done some traveling as a group last year you did because you were even if you section off the the times in when you were in Oregon you also went to Oklahoma and Texas on a road trip true. and then you were here with uh, I think there were seven or eight of us That's um, true. so yeah okay, you, okay. you've done you've done a decent amount oh, thank you thank you for oh, validating yeah. thank you <laughs> anytime um, it, I, I guess a, a broad place to start is um, if you were going to plan a trip with a group, would you want it to be, you don't have to choose one. You can make caveats, but would you want it to be like a road trip? Would you rather mm-hmm. fly somewhere and meet or meet up with everyone or would totally rather fly? Yeah. Is yeah. that just because you like flying more than road trips? <laughs> um, I do like road trips, but I don't want to be squished in a car. And then if you mm-hmm. have more than four people, Right. Like, do you have multiple cars? Like, that seems kind of silly, because then you have to, like, rotate to spend time with everyone, and unless there's, like, a really specific reason for why you're road tripping, like, okay, let's fly to Iceland and then road trip around the country. That would be great. But if we're just gonna get in the car and drive, like, that's fine. But I would much rather yeah. fly somewhere. Fly somewhere where, you know, maybe no one's been before fly somewhere that you know you can you can then be in that area altogether i just that to me that's more fun i'm with you there and i think that might like further the parameters of this episode where group trips probably more than four people in both of our minds yeah whereas like i take a road trip with four people and enjoy myself quite a bit Mm -hmm. um more than that it does start to get pretty complicated uh whether that be multiple cars or or multiple i mean different stops along the way that people want um yeah so so i would much rather go somewhere fly somewhere meet up with people and and do it that way or fly with people and then even and then have a great time even better because who doesn't want to sit in an airport bar and have a drink and then i'll get on a plane and i mean how fun how fun how fun um so what do you do before you start the trip uh I mean, you have you have, you're coming off a lot of knowledge on this, um, and a pretty unique one, and in, in that you plan for like forty people. Yeah. Uh, but preparing for the trip will one help help you ahead of time, help your expectations, but also, I mean, it's it's good to have a plan <laughs> because if you get there with with ten other people, uh, it is. A lot to take care of if if no one has a set plan of what you're going to do. Or at least a a basic set plan anyway. Yes. And I think think the biggest thing is like, just know, like, what's your role? Like, are you planning for everyone? Are you 
yeah, are you just planning for yourself? Are you, like, what's the vibe? Um, you know, when we went to Hawaii, like, Ben and I were very clearly planning the trip because it was, it was our wedding, but we also wanted to really let people know up front that, hey, we're going to make an itinerary. You do what you do, boo. Like, you just, you do what sounds like fun. You know, we're not going to be your trip planners. We're not going to make an itinerary for you. We will just let you know what we are doing. And then you can decide what activities you want to participate in. And I think overall that went really well. We had some people that pretty much stuck to our itinerary the whole time. Um, We had some people that really didn't do anything on the itinerary except for the wedding. So they kind of took that and went, oh, we want to do these things and we'll meet up with you for the important bits. And so I think that went pretty well. But yeah, I think it's just, you know, know what your role is, what your function is. If you're going to be the planner, you know, then you're going to need to communicate with other people. Like, are you going to delegate tasks? You know, are if you're all going to meet up somewhere and you're planning an activity and people need to get their own tickets, okay, well, you need to set up some methods of communication. You need to set expectations and, um, and you need to know what their expectations are, especially if you're that trip planner. Yeah. I, I think expectations are a tricky thing to manage, especially if it starts to get into the teens or more than that yeah. as far as how many people are going. Uh, I mean, that's just a lot to take into account. But it is good to know like what people are thinking and then being, we'll, we'll harp on this one a lot, being very clear on what like you're planning to do is yeah. is a good thing. Or, or if you don't care, like, I don't care what we do for this amount of time, yeah. then, then just say that. Like, there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Because, um, um, Andrew, you've planned trips for your family where there's been quite a few people and very differing opinions on, like, what should be a part of the plan and what shouldn't. So how have you managed navigating so many different expectations in a trip? To, to no one's surprise, I, like, almost all of those trips are Disney trips, um, which is surprisingly difficult sometimes um not because of my family but because of how uh especially Walt Disney World operates but um I I try to ask questions uh long before you need to make reservations for things um I I'm famous on this podcast for making slideshows and picture slideshows but but like presenting the information in an easily accessible way is is a good way to go no matter how you do it if you're just looking through websites together or or um or doing something much uh much more regimented and detailed um i just think and that's part of the fun of a group trip is all getting excited together too uh so if you get excited together if you talk about all the things you can do then inevitably unless you have someone very quiet in your group um the then you should be able to get like a a gauge on what people's expectations are and what they want to do um and you're not as a planner you're not in charge of making sure they do every single one of those things but but knowing some of those things is I mean, helps helps formulate a itinerary or uh, or some sort of plan, you know. Mm. Um, and I think within that comes like 
okay, you want to do this and you want to do that and they're nowhere near each other and how excited are you to do one versus the other? You, you have to start prioritizing things because if you're planning for six plus people and you have, say, three to four days in a location, you're not going to get to everything. Uh, you're not going to get to everything everyone wants. So uh, if you can learn your own uh, what you, what you want to do the most, and we've been doing this as we plan our Japan trip, uh, even though that probably not really a group trip, but like planning things that we really definitely want to do, prioritize those, uh, learn what other people's priorities are, and then and then backfill from there and be like, hey, this looks cool. What do you think of this? Uh, yeah. And talking it through. Uh, I guess again, communication's a big thing in handling people's expectations and and having people prioritize and i mean it's really hard to go with people you don't spend a lot of time with i think mm -hmm. if you're the planner uh, because you don't know how they express themselves uh, you don't know how willing they'll be to say like no i i want to do this mm -hmm. um and again that's not on the planner specifically but but it does make it harder mm -hmm. i think and i think yeah, how about well, well, like on the flip side, you know, I think we're kind of, in some ways, we're used to being the planner of the trip. So we have to deal with, you know, navigating lots of other people's expectations and trying to figure out, you know, how to make that all work and communicate what needs to be done and all of that. But, you know, I think most people probably fall into the category of they're not the planner, they're the participant. So if you had to pass on like three helpful things for someone who's just going but isn't planning mm. a trip, what what would you say? Uh, be be forthright. Like mm, yeah, if you care about something, say, say it. Do it. Yeah. 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 I, and if you have someone who's good at planning and likes to do it, like they'll they'll fit it in. Mm -hmm. That'll happen if they care about you at all <laughs> and like. <laughs> are excited about you going on the trip then they'll fit it in um be forthright be um be conscious mm -hmm. of like how many opinions the planner is trying to balance uh how many uh how many things they're trying to factor in and how much time is in a day just just be uh like a normal human and and, <laughs> and like just try to understand yeah. i guess yeah. um yeah, and then I don't know the third again. I think it falls back on expectations of mm. of people. Like you're not gonna get to everything, yeah. and I think especially in a group setting, mm -hmm. you're you're not gonna get to everything, uh, no matter where you're going. So, uh, n no matter how good the itinerary is, and we'll talk about why in a little bit. But no matter how good an itinerary is, or or how much you want to do and have planned ahead of time, like you're not gonna get to it all. Yeah. So. Just come in with that expectation, too, I think. So be forthcoming. Have the right expectations if you're a participant, not a planner. And, you know, if someone if someone looked at a day on the itinerary and went, Ugh, I just don't really want to do this day. I'd rather do this. As a trip planner, would you rather that that person go, hey, I'm just going to duck out for the day. I'll meet up with you guys later. Or would you rather that person, like, just stick to the itinerary? Like, what are your feelings? This is an interesting one because... I mean, the, the common or the most obvious answer is, no, I don't really want them there if they're not going to have fun. Yeah. Um, but I'll add some uh, some in-between in there mm -hmm. in that, like, 
please tell me ahead of time because if we get to the day of and all of a sudden you're like no i don't want to do this that that doesn't feel good like (laughs) i've had that happen many times and uh and yeah just it's a little bit hurtful and like people don't realize what you've planned and like the the amount that you've done to plan it uh, whether that's getting up at like 4 a.m to get reservations for something or or I'm, I'm staying on the phone on hold for hours which we've all done in some yeah. capacity uh just people don't realize that so i'm more than happy if as a planner if people tell me like ahead of time like no nah, i'm just gonna do my own thing that day that's great but if they spring it on me, I'm I'm a little taken aback, and maybe that's partially on me, but but also I think it's a fair. I think that's reasonable. Fair reaction. Yeah, I think yeah. that's totally reasonable. Because you, how about you? Yeah, I think I think a lot of that is just based on like when that communication happens. Because I think you're right. If you, especially you know, if you're in a situation where you've got X number of people and X number of cars, and you've kind of made a plan of like, okay, if everybody's going to do this, here's how it's going to work. And then all of a sudden, you've got someone taking a car out of the equation to go do what it. And it's like, oh, well, how do we? Oh, like, couldn't you have just said that beforehand? So I think that's a really good point. That like, yeah, do what you want to do as a participant. If there's a day you're just not interested in, that's totally okay. But if you can please communicate that beforehand. Yeah. And maybe I'm speaking for myself here. Correct me if you feel differently. But it's even okay if like ahead of time you're like, yeah, I'm not sure if I'll join that day. But leave it open ended. But at least you know where the other person's at. Yeah. Um, yeah so. Because I think we both, you know, Andrew, you and I both are like, traveling has to come with some sense of flexibility because things do modulate and change. So it would rather know that you're thinking about maybe not doing that day. And then in the end, if you join, like, that's totally cool. Like, maybe you've changed your mind. Maybe you see, oh, everyone else is going. I'll just go too. That'll be fun. But yeah, it is, it is that communication that's really important. Yeah. Mm. Uh, backtracking a little bit, would you put any... Would you add anything to the, what what should a person who's not planning a trip, mm. like expect or, or what what would be helpful for the planner for the yeah for the follower if you will. I think you really nailed it and like just be, honest about what you're interested in and what you're not interested in, and I think. You know, planning happens gradually over a length of time. Don't wait until two weeks before the trip to figure out what Amen. you do and don't want to do. Like, Amen. And then don't text the planner who yeah. planned like five months ago and be like, actually, can we do this instead? And like, if yeah, you're stuff. if you're kind of that person that like wants to have input or maybe wants to help plan, but you don't want to do the whole thing, like that's totally cool. But um, it's a big job to plan a trip. So like, don't, don't be an extra chef in the kitchen if you're not really going to participate in a way that's helpful, (laughs) which is, which is maybe, which is maybe a bit harsh, but like, if you want to participate in the planning, please do like, that's really helpful, but it has to be a collaborative thing. It can't just be like, you know, something that you kind of half-ass because whoever's planning the trip isn't half-ass planning it. So I think just be honest about what you want to do. Be timely about giving your input And yeah, and then just know your expectations, have the right expectations about, 
you know, when you go on a trip with, you know, six plus people, you're probably not going to do everything that you want to do because there's another six people to think about and their expectations. So I think, I think it's just those three things would be, would be really helpful. Yeah. I think one other, and this kind of falls into that, but I think it is helpful once you're in a trip, being honest about how tired you are, how much you want to do on a certain day. Um, because no one wants to, no offense to you, the listener, and no offense to anyone else, uh, to myself included. Like, no one really wants to hang out with you when you're grumpy. Yeah. So uh, factor in, like, tell people, hey, I'm pretty tired. I might not I might not make it through the day. Also, if you are hungry, <laughs> yeah. you need oh, to yeah. say something. Yes, Don't I think. Don't have a meltdown an hour later. <laughs> if you If you start to feel hungry... You say something, because if we get to the point where you are hangry and you don't want to make decisions and you're grumpy and you don't want to go anywhere, that is, it is too late. So please, <laughs> it's true. if you get hungry, we need we need the initial warning. Oh, I'm getting hungry. And then we will actively start looking for food. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I say this having had no experience with this whatsoever <laughs> on a trip ever. And neither, like, you experiencing it personally or with other people? No, I definitely don't tell Ben that I'm hungry seven times before I have a meltdown. That's definitely not how I operate. (laughs) Uh, Melissa's got to the point where, like, she's like, no, I'm past the point of hungry where I can decide. You just just tell me where we're eating. Honestly, that is such an important thing, like a skill to have when you're traveling. Because if you care about where we're going to eat, you need to tell me. If you're past the point of making a decision, next place we see, like that's where we're eating. So I think, I think that's actually really important. Um... You know, I, and I absolutely think that's reasonable when you're traveling and you've been walking, you're using a lot of energy. Sometimes hunger can hit you, but if you wait until everyone's at that point where you're all walking zombies, I don't care what, where you stop to eat. It's not going to be a fun meal and getting there's not going to be fun. I can't even tell you the number of times when we were in Europe that we walked past 15 restaurants before we finally went in a circle and went back to the very first one that we saw because we were so past making decisions. So I think that is extraordinarily helpful when you say, I'm so hungry, please just put food in my hands so then I can consume it. Agreed. Yes. I I do think um, if you're a planner or, uh, and maybe I'm jumping around a little bit here, just going on your, on your food uh, not rant, but, uh, <laughs> was, you know. It was a little bit of a rant. <laughs> it's a tiny bit of a rant. <laughs> I think a great way to go, and we've talked about this before, is having one big meal. Maybe maybe even, depends how close of a trip you're taking. If you're, if you're really planning to spend a lot of time together, like plan out where lunch and dinner mm. are, or, or an, at least an area where yeah. you're going to be for lunch. Um, just, just have a general idea, and then people can... And a, and a general time, and then people can take care of themselves if they need a snack. Mm. Uh, it's not it's not on you anymore. If people know, like, hey, we're we're gonna eat around six at this around this place, yeah. and uh, and then like if it's three thirty and they're they're hangry, as you said, like go get a snack. Yeah, you got time. Manage um, manage yourself and your body. Yeah, and yeah. 
you know, sometimes when you're traveling, oftentimes, especially if you're in a city or whatever, like, you have easy access to food and snacks and stuff. But, like, there are times when, you know, when that stuff isn't readily available. So, you know, the trip planner can't think of that stuff for you. So just as much as you're relying on that person to kind of lay out the itinerary and think through things, just just manage yourself. I think packing well for for day excursions, whether that's at a theme park or a day around the city or hiking, um, just planning well and like having a snack yeah. or or having a sweatshirt or whatever, uh, that'll make everyone happier, not just you. And if you are someplace where, you know, if it's an airport or if it's a theme park or, um, you know, you're in uh, a place like Pearl Harbor or someplace like where you like you've entered in and you know food is going to be expensive if you don't want a budget for that food if you don't want an expensive option you need to bring your own snacks are you again are you speaking i have no experience about this whatsoever but like if you look at that and you go that's so expensive i'm really hungry but i'm not going to purchase that because it doesn't fit my budget then you need to have brought snacks with you i i agree also like Again, be flexible. If yeah. something is more expensive than you think, then chances are someone else in your group is thinking that and be like, hey, you want to share? That's yeah, a great uh-huh. idea. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> tell, and also, tell people what you're thinking. If you spend 45 minutes looking for a snack that's within your budget, <laughs> maybe the time that you've spent looking for it is actually not cost effective. Maybe if you just buy the expensive snack that's going to give you life, maybe just buy the snack. I don't think we factored into the the planning of this episode on how many experiences we're going to be pulling from in our brains. I did not think that I would be yelling at our (laughs) listeners about eating. I did not plan on that. I am so sorry. I am so sorry. (laughs) And now Uh, I am hungry. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Uh, You don't even have been there to make you pancakes this morning. I'm so sorry. I have to wait until later. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I know we are both thinking of several just specific instances in our own lives. And I, yeah, it wasn't, that wasn't really the goal here, but here we are. Here we are. Uh, is there anything like pre-trip before we jump into like during the trip, uh, that, that can help you, whether you're the planner or, or just along for the ride? Uh, that can help you ahead of time. Yeah, I think it really it just comes down to communication. You know, um, know your expectations, communicate those to the planner, be timely. I really think that's it. Um, you know, if if something doesn't fit within your budget, that's totally okay. Just say like, oh, hey, I'm gonna go do this, you know, inexpensive or this free option instead of doing this, you know, high ticketed event or like whatever that is. I think just. Um, I think people get caught up in, like, the herd mentality when traveling and feel like they have to participate even if it's not within their expectation or their budget. So um, just manage yourself. It's totally okay to go off and do something by yourself for the day. So if you need to plan that into it, then just then just do it. It's totally fine. No one's going to get hurt feelings about that. And if they do, then maybe you should travel with a different group. <laughs> very good. Very good. Yes. Um... I, I think going back to one more thing as a planner, I, I like to, um, 
hopefully, like we're talking about, you know people's expectations and know what they like going into the trip. Uh, I like to try to plan a few things along the way that might be surprises or, or mm-hmm. something I know one specific person will like and then hit that. Uh, they usually have to be kind of small if you're doing stuff like that. Um, whether that's just as small as like a welcome basket or whatever, if people are visiting or if it's, or if it's like a, a spot in, in my own life, like a spot in Disneyland that I think, Oh, that person will love this. We should stop by for five minutes. I, I think that, um, hopefully it's recognized and if not, Oh, well, and, and then being able to, I, I think that just kind of shows how much thought you put into it so nice. and and how how um, how much th- being able to do these things means to you because because chances are if you're a planner like it does mean a lot to you yeah uh-huh. hopefully it's not just pawned on yeah pawned off on you, mm. you know, which it hasn't been in my own life so um so yeah it, it just means a lot and um hopefully is received well uh with that I, I think you have to know your own capacity and if you're yeah. trying to make a special moment for 15 people that's not not smart probably unless that's exhausting. i mean maybe maybe some people can do that but i yeah it, it probably wouldn't go over super well so yeah. um but know your own capacity but but adding in little things like that uh maybe they're surprises maybe they're just little things you can do um keeping others opinions at the top of top of mind is is always helpful mm, so that's nice uh, i guess that leads us into while being on the trip uh i mean we talked a tiny bit about this with food but <laughs> um <laughs> but there are some things i think everyone should do while on the trip uh, do you have do you have anything that comes to mind shelby well because this is the best part because you're you're on yeah, the trip you're on the trip you're on the trip um, I mean, I can be a grumpy introvert at times. So, uh, for me, it's knowing that even though I'm traveling with a group of people that I probably love dearly, I'm going to need a little bit of time to just not be with them. But it's yeah. just the reality of a grumpy introvert that needs to recharge. So I think, um, yeah, I think this is something that I've learned, you know, in my later years, but like, it really is okay to have some alone time. And it really is okay to say like, Hey, I love you, but I'm going to go sit in a room by myself for a little bit. Um, I think it's, you know, do what you need to do. Like just because you're on a trip does not mean that you need to spend 24 seven with these people. Like you don't do that in normal life. So why would you do that on a trip? So I think just factor in some time to just take a breather. Cause you're going to be tired you're processing a lot of what you're taking in, the experiences, all of that stuff. There's a lot of interpersonal interactions happening. And so you're going to need some downtime and whatever that looks like for you. You know, we've talked about, you know, how, you know, how we kind of spend some of that time on trips before, but whether it's just, you know, Andrew taking a minute to, you know, to go photograph some stuff by himself or whether it's, you know, journaling or it's going to get a cup of coffee first thing in the morning by yourself, whatever that looks like, just take a breather. That's cool. That's great. Yeah. Uh, I think, like you said, could do it a variety of ways. And, and sometimes for me, it's like hanging out in a smaller group. Even. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, whether that's, I, I mean, like 
I, I know the people that can give me energy if I need it. Yeah. Uh, and, and maybe they're not on the trip with you. Maybe you just need to call them for mm-hmm. 10 minutes. Uh, you know, uh, they're, 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 when you get worn down, um, again, not as many people want to be around you. So you owe it to yourself and others to just kind of recharge and whatever that looks like, like, like Shelby's saying, um, and just, just make sure you can take the time to do that. And I think a good trip will have the space to do that. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I completely agree. Uh, kind of in that same vein, um, whether that's taking time for yourself or planning big moments, big, big get togethers. Um, say you split off for a few hours in the afternoon, then planning like a a big meal together, Mm -hmm. I think is a really nice way to do group trips, especially in a city. Um, especially like I take Hawaii, for example, the, the trip that we just went on with, with you guys, uh, there was usually one big thing in the afternoon and then like a, a nice dinner together. And I, I thought that was so much fun and mm-hmm. and allowed people to go change clothes if they need to. Yeah. Or or go sit in, like you said, sit in a room alone for half an hour before the next thing. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. And that's great to have that space and then can lead to some wonderful time at dinner or or just hanging out somewhere unexpectedly or um yeah uh, i think i use like again i'll keep going back to disney trips because that's what i have planned the most group trips for but like there's always time where you're waiting um whether that's in line or or waiting for like parades or fireworks whatever uh and and those are some of my favorite moments because everyone's kind of relaxing a little bit more and just waiting instead of instead of asking what's next they're 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 waiting for uh what is about to happen Uh, and i I, it's a kind of a mindset change that i don't think uh people are really cognizant of Mm. um because because uh it's normal to like wonder what's coming up um but if they know what's next and then you're already waiting for it. It, it can lead to people relaxing a yeah. little bit more. Yeah. And that's nice. Um, and, and sometimes that that's easier done at like a meal for sure. Or, or I think people kind of let their guard down and yeah. and can relax and you're in air conditioning or, yeah, or yeah. whatever. Because so, I yeah. do feel like that's important to note that like as a trip planner, you do so much work leading up to the trip and then on the trip – you almost, you almost want to kind of like be done, <laughs> like, but people will still rely on you to provide information on what's happening, which does mean that like, as the trip planner, you have to be really conscious to take time to not be turned on all the time. Like you have to step out of that trip planner mode and step into trip participant mode. That was something that was hard in Hawaii. So I think, you know, for the benefit of your trip planners, if they've taken time to make an itinerary maybe save it on your phone. You know, like we've got technology, we've got, you know, we've got tools. So like if stuff's been shared with you, take a bit of that self-responsibility and like save that information. And then, you know, yeah, maybe that person's standing right next to you and you can ask them what you're doing at 225 tomorrow afternoon, or you could just look at the itinerary on your phone. And that's actually gonna, 
really help your trip planner to enjoy and be in the moment and be present instead of always thinking about what's next. They probably are anyway, but if you can just take some of that load off, it's going to make it more relaxing for them. And then, and then it does give you more agency to, you know, like if you, if you're that kind of person that you really do need to know what's next all of the time, or, you know, you're, you're doing everything with the group, but you kind of need more of a detailed plan, then it gives you that, that sense of independence that you can kind of do that for yourself too. So, um, yeah, I think instead of always asking what's next, go ahead and, and take some some responsibility and save that itinerary so that you can reference it instead of using your trip planner to give you all of the references. Yeah, agreed. A couple things off of that. I do think Shelby knows this. I don't think I've really talked about it on here before, but I am I plan things in my head and don't always write them down. I try to be pretty communicative of them but sometimes they they stick up there and like i i i get to the point and and they're like what's next and i'm like oh i didn't tell you and and like i it might be worth writing things down um it might be might be worth like have at breakfast that morning being like okay this is the plan it's flexible but this is what we're going for today um so as a planner, uh, if you're not writing things down or not telling people, try to try to. And, and then I also think going the other way, like, no, because not every trip like our Hawaii trip that we just did or uh, there, there are certain trips that need to be super flexible. Um, a theme park is a great example yeah. because like. If a line is over an hour, you don't want to stand in it, even if it's part of the plan. So uh, so having apps downloaded that will tell you wait times or things like that, and then being like, hey, it looks this look this is close by if you're in a city this is close by and looks like fun and we don't have anything planned can we go do this just asking or 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 throwing out suggestions or if like a wait time's low like hey this is low and we don't we don't have any fast passes or whatever um want to go do this i i think that gives again kind of an independence and agency to everyone involved uh even if they weren't a huge part of the planning yeah so yeah absolutely um yeah. I loved um, our last day in Hawaii when we went to um, the beach park. And then that was really all that was on the itinerary for the day. Because I, I knew some people would have to, you know, start checking out of their accommodation and catching flights and all that. But we got to start a point. Crying. Yeah, I have like a m- massive meltdowns because I was so sad that I had to say goodbye to 30 of my people. But um, yeah, like then we ended up at a point where everyone was like, oh, like we're hungry. Like let's go get some lunch. And then I, you know, I don't know if it was you or someone else, but someone was like, oh, well, let's go to Coconut Island because this is a great place. So, you know, it was kind of this collective, like, why don't we all go get lunch independently and then we'll meet up and we'll do this. And, and it was like this, it was a a beautiful moment for me because (laughs) I planned the one thing and then everyone else pitched in with, I'm hungry. I want to do this. This is a cool spot. Let's meet up. And it was like, oh, thank God. Like, like, thank you. Like, so nice. It is a relief sometimes. Yeah, it was a relief because, you know, I had done so much of the planning, you know, 
for the rest of the week. And I think everyone was just kind of at the comfort level with each other and with, you know, with the place that we were to say, hey, this is a feasible feasible plan and this is what we'd like to do. And then we could just go, cool, let's do it. So I think, um, you know, that that was a really lovely moment where there was a plan, but there was flexibility and then everyone could kind of pitch in and say what they wanted. And then we did it. It was great. Uh, I completely agree. And maybe that goes back into like leaving room for moments like that. And I don't know. I I think those unexpected times can be really beautiful. Uh, So, and this maybe isn't just a group thing. We talk about this all the time in our itineraries and in the midst of me completely overfilling most of them. Like you gotta, you gotta leave room to, to sit somewhere and either think or have a nice conversation with someone or spend an extra half hour in a cafe that you like little things like that I think Uh, and if you always budget for more time somewhere then like the worst thing that's happening is that you get somewhere early and that's great like that's Uh what you want Uh Um, so so I think one factoring in time for for those nice moments, but also knowing like everything's going to take longer than oh, what we think. Always, especially especially when there's more than more than two cars going, or more than more than six people going. Um, so yeah, everything uh, takes longer. I, your so your food longer. arriving at the restaurant takes longer. Everyone finding parking takes longer. Everyone getting loaded into the vehicles takes longer. It all <laughs> takes longer. Um, all of it does. Um, yeah, and I think, you know, when I think of uh, some of the most enjoyable moments when I've traveled, it's when there hasn't been a rush, when there hasn't, we haven't been in a hurry. You know, I think of all the spots that, yeah, maybe I didn't plan to stay there that long, but we did, and then we saw the sun go down. Like, beautiful, you know? Like, um, I think a few weeks ago we talked about what are photos that take you back to a really specific moment. And there's one that I remember. And then we didn't list any. And then we didn't post any. any. Um, Well, in this moment, I'm now, I'm thinking of one from the Camino. And we were were at a restaurant. We had walked, you know, all day, of course, because that was every day on the Camino. And uh, I just remember standing inside and I was ordering some wine for our table and um it was just this purple archway door leading outside and i was just watching the sun go down and there was no agenda there was no rush we were just resting after our day and it was beautiful and like i can i can see the photo in my mind maybe i'll actually post it this time and um and it was all because we just there was space and there was time so yeah, leave room for those moments and know that everything is going to take so much longer than you think it will. <laughs> Do you have any horror stories about running late for things because things took too long? I don't think I have any horror stories. I think there was once, when we were at Pearl Harbor, when we were in Hawaii, um, there was a bit of stress in the group because everyone needed food. Everyone needed yeah. food. And there were differing opinions on who wanted to go where for food. And um, and certain members of the group were starting to get stressed that they wouldn't have enough time at the last attraction at the USS Missouri. And it was just like, look, everyone else wants food. If you want to go there now, you can. But everyone else needs food. 
Um, and it was just, honestly, the, the bit that took the longest was just getting from one part of Pearl Harbor to the other. Um, buses run in a circle. They don't run from point to point. So if you are at the farthest point and you want to go, you know, to the, the previous stop, you have to go all the way around. And so that was a little bit of a, of a stressor was we didn't anticipate that it would take so much time. And so, of course, where we went for food was the furthest point, And then where we needed to go next was the next point back. So um, that stressed me out a bit, just knowing that the tension was rising within the group because people were hangry and because people felt the time crunch. So yeah. if stuff takes longer, it's OK. It's going to. It'll be fine. Yeah. 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 One time at. Disney World. In fact, the last, well, not the last big trip, but the last really, really, probably the biggest group trip I've ever taken. We were at a restaurant um, and uh, a good restaurant. The, f- the food was really good, uh, but we had a tour scheduled for after. We I think we'd gotten my mom a, like a, a tour through some of the gardens and greenhouses, which was really fun. And there were, I think it was three hours so the meal was scheduled, say, at like noon, and the tour was at three. And the, and they were a bit of a walk between, maybe it was two and a half hours between. But um, but the walk took 10, 15 minutes. So we're like, yeah, we're fine. The meal took two and a half no, hours. No, that's so and stressful. I, and I have no idea why. <laughs> I still don't know why. They were so slow to this day. Like, just no clue. Yeah. Um, so, Melissa, it's 100 degrees outside uh, Fahrenheit. The humidity is like 95%. Uh, so, Melissa finishes her dessert and is like, I'll just go hold up the tour group and tell them we're coming. And she sprints across the park. And then we all walk very quickly right after her. Oh, and it was just Melissa. a disaster. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah but, but, like, the, things like that happen. And... I still stand by the plan. It makes sense. Like, yeah. the, we could go to that restaurant again and it would take an hour. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh-huh. And yeah. so the things like that just happen. And you kind of have to either, if you're the planner or someone following, you just kind of have to let it slide. Gotta and, roll with it. And yeah, you're going to you're gonna get sweaty on the yeah. walk over or something's going to go wrong. Yeah. But you just kind of have to roll with and it. And we've talked about this before, but like when you go on a trip, things will go wrong. You are not yeah. going to ever have a trip where everything happens perfectly. There will be construction. There will be closed roads. There will be um, the the train workers will be on strike. Um, we had that when we were in London and we had to get to the airport. And we're like, how the fuck do we get to the airport when our train isn't running? Like, stuff will happen. It's not yes. your trip planner's fault. It's not anyone's fault. It's just the reality of what's going on. So again, as a participant and as a planner, you have to anticipate something's going to change at some point. Something's going to be completely out of your control. You got to be fluid. And that's why I think if you do leave that space, because you're anticipating everything's going to take longer, then you should be okay. You can figure out an alternate route. You know, you can come up with a plan B. You can be creative. You can, you know, walk really, really, really fast to get to the tour on time. So things are going to go wrong. So you got to, you got to, as a group, you you have to be okay with that. Yeah. On that note, and this is probably a different episode, but like, 
a lot of the things you mentioned mentioned were transportation things mm. and this isn't always avoidable in fact a lot of the times it's not but always have gps on at this yes, point yes uh, no the google is very quick at updating things at, at the like in this day and age so if you make a plan for the day even if you're like this is this is the way to go this is airtight just just have it on yep. just in case yep. um and, and uh, i mean yeah it, it helps in everyday life uh-huh. and it helps uh, especially on trips when you're with a bunch of people and you're like, huh, are we sure we should go this way? And yeah, you should yeah, uh-huh. because, because something's probably closed or yeah. something happened. Yeah. So yeah. Also, uh, that's a really interesting point. It made me think of, um, when, when we were in Ireland, we were going on a tour and we had checked out the day before where the tour group was meeting, but we had the wrong, it was like a different tour on a different day was meeting at that point. So we had to scramble that morning to get to the right spot and we almost yeah. missed our tour. And then, you know, right. I remember this. Story, yes. Yeah. Very funny story. Um, I had planned the tour. I had planned the whole trip. I was trying to navigate for us. One of the nicest things you can do for your trip planner is like offer to navigate, offer yeah. to like pull it up on your phone. You lead the group. If you're walking, you get us there. You know, if you're driving, someone else offered to drive. I think navigating is one of those things in a trip where it takes so much energy. It's one of those things, right? Unless you're on a train or you're on some type of like passive transport where like you don't have to drive or steer or navigate. Those those methods of transport are so lovely. But mm-hmm. if you're having to, to navigate all of the time, it can be really exhausting. So like help your trip planner out. And just be like, hey, give me the address, or if you want to hand me your phone, I'll navigate. Like, I'll get us there. That would be really, really lovely. Yeah, I, I agree. I've gotten to the point, again, this is maybe just a whole other episode we should do, but I've gotten to the point where, like, especially with trains and, and public transportation, I, I don't include it in the itinerary. Mm-hmm. I include, like, I try to figure out when we'll be done with things, but I won't be like we're trying to make this train unless it's like a super rare like like it goes twice a day or something if there's one like every hour i'm i just will plug it into my phone once we're done and ready to go somewhere else and be like this is this is what we're shooting for one time um on our trip from osaka to kyoto actually uh we had gone to a castle we were going to catch the, the bullet train from Osaka to Kyoto. And for whatever reason, it, it ended up not running that that day, just like that little section or or was closed for a short amount of time, whatever. And if I had said, like, we need to be here for that, we would have been waiting for hours. Yeah. <laughs> and instead, we just caught a different train that, that took us there. And it took a little longer than we expected, but it would have taken way longer if we were still waiting for the yeah. Shinkansen. So, yeah. Good point. Um, Very just, good point. Just always, uh, <coughs> when it comes to navigation and, and stuff like that, just always put it in, uh, even if you are shooting for a specific time, just always put it in, just in case yeah. Just in case a bus is running late, a train's running late, the, there's construction on the roads that you're driving, things like that. So Absolutely. Yeah, that was a bit of a rabbit hole, but I guess it works for all trips, but especially group trips, because 
something goes wrong and then people start asking you like hey why isn't this happening then it's really really stressful yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah it's because you wanted another cup of coffee sharon that's why we're late (laughs) and nobody wants to nobody wants to do that nobody wants to be in that situation no they really don't for because i write disney park itineraries all the time i'm constantly working on them but i always i try to follow them like if i'm going with people that i know want to do a bunch in the day uh i try to follow them because it's one good research but also i believe in them (laughs) Uh, but i i do try to pare them down depending on who i'm going with Mm. and this kind of goes back to ahead of time like just know the people you're with and sometimes sometimes they we'll get around as easy or, or yeah. we'll get tired faster. And there's nothing wrong with that. You just, you just kind of have to know and, and be able to pare it down and be flexible. And, and yeah, so, so that comes with making itineraries too ahead of time. So just, just know the people. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah. And then uh, we'll, we'll touch on it one more time. Just communicate mm-hmm. again while, when you're on the trip, when you're hungry, when you're tired, when you want to stop by the little store that you're passing, everyone's happier if you just yep. tell them what you want to do. If you are the personality type where, like, it's hard it's hard to, like, speak up in a group to say, like, oh, I need this, practice these phrases. I would like to stop here. I am getting hungry. I need the bathroom. Look at yourself in the mirror practice. and say those once a day. And I really don't mean that in a condescending way. I get that sometimes no. when you're in a group, no, it's it really hard to be like, I need to pee. Like, I get yeah. it. I really get it. But it is for everyone's advantage. And everyone, like, okay, I've never been in a scenario where I go, um, I need to use the bathroom. And someone else hasn't also said, oh, thank God, me too. Like, always, every time, if you need to go to the bathroom, guaranteed someone else needs to go to the bathroom. So it's like, it really is just this group mentality of like, it's totally understandable. You don't want to hold the group up. You're trying to get somewhere, you know, you, you feel stressed about time, whatever it is. It is just so important that you're able to say, this is what I need because it's also, it's your well-being, it's your safety and it's the well-being of the group as well. So like, it is totally okay. And in fact, it's easier for the group if you're able to say, this is what I need in this moment, please, I need to stop. Yeah. Um, and that's including, you know, if you've got a bad back or you've got an injury or, you know, if you, um, you know, maybe you're walking more than usual, whatever that looks like, um, it's 100% okay to ask for what you need. Agreed. One of the most convenient parts about being on a trip with people you really, really know and is that... When they say they don't care, you believe. Them. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, which is great. Like, again, if you're at that place, if you're traveling with people you know aren't lying about that, that is that is really nice. Yes. Um, like, and, and people should say that. Like, if, if they don't have an opinion at all, chances are someone else probably does. Probably. At least a little bit, little bit of one. Uh, as long as you don't have a group who's just going to don't care off of others don't care and then you go on a vicious cycle but but especially with like four to six people i find like if one person's just like no i i really don't have an opinion on this uh, that that's really helpful too uh, communication kind of goes both ways in that in that if if you have an opinion say it if you don't 
it's probably good to just let that out too if yeah. if people are not being very forthright and and if you really don't have an opinion blank so. stares with big eyes are aren't really helpful not great. but not if great. you can say i don't care either way with a blank stare and big eyes that's fine i get that that means you're hungry and you need a snack <laughs> i get that yes yeah yeah or I, I don't know i i always like to give people two or three options like yeah. hey we could do this or this or this and then if people really don't care between those then i'm happy to make <laughs> my make, uh-huh. they, yeah like i i i don't know if i have a big opinion there's a reason why i'm giving these options mm. but but like i know what i think is mm-hmm. best usually if i've been there so uh, that's fine too yeah. but but there's a reason i'm giving the options yeah. like i think these people will like all of these things and if one sounds better than the other then i want them to choose that so and i think too another thing with communicating again if you can communicate as much beforehand as possible so if you've had a really long day and your group is about ready to leave for dinner and you have the choice to like take a second car because you're tired and you know you're going to want to leave early cool you know, like, you can always say, hey, I'm going to eat and then I'm going to head back and go to bed. Or I'm going to head back and do whatever because I'm exhausted and I need that. Instead of waiting at the restaurant when everyone else is, like, relaxing and having drinks and chilling. Mm-hmm. And then you're sitting there, like, falling asleep in your chair, getting progressively more grumpy. So, like, I think just <laughs> just think ahead. Just totally think ahead. Give yourself a way out if you're tired and you need to just do what you need to do. So, think ahead. Yeah. Communicate what you need. Yeah, thinking ahead is is good on uh, both both sides of things, mm. planning or following. Like, uh, I mean, there's a point where asking what you're doing next is not a great idea, but but if you find the right time, like, just just feel free to be yeah. like, hey, what's what's the goal for tomorrow? Like, what are we yeah. what are we trying to accomplish? And especially and, and then, if you add in like, hey, I'm feeling really tired. Can you remind me what the plan is tonight so that I can kind of head yeah. to bed early? Cool. Yeah. yeah. Points. Uh-huh. Yeah. Again, just communicate. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else, Shelby? Wow. Um, I guess just pick the people you travel with carefully. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. <coughs> That's a that's a good one, and one I haven't always considered in my life. <laughs> um, well, I'm not talking about anyone in my family. No, uh, Don't worry. no, no. But um, yeah, I think just figure out. I think you know you said it earlier, Andrew. Like, who are the people that give you life? Who are the people that give you energy? Probably you should travel with those people. Like, agreed. Um, and that that doesn't mean the others aren't like incredible friends. Yeah. Or or family or whatever. Uh, yeah. It's just you, if especially on a certain trip, you want to be with people who are excited and enjoy these things yeah. in a maybe a similar fashion, maybe not, but but you know what I mean. They they're looking forward to it just as much, mm. or and they might express it differently. Yeah. But again, they they feed off you and you feed off them. Yeah. Because so. I think regardless of personality types, you know, travel with travel with everyone but i think you know people who are able to communicate really well to say i do want to do this i don't want to do this i don't care people who you know manage themselves pretty wisely people who are you know like fairly independent you know like i want to know if i say hey i'm gonna split off and do this for the day they're gonna go cool i'll meet up with you later and it's no big deal um those are the kind of people i want to travel with people that 
you know, have kind of the same level of adventure, the same, you know, kind of the same ideas about what we want to do, even if we don't want to do all of the same things. So I think, yeah, like be careful who you travel with. Um, when you're traveling, you're going to be sleep deprived. You're going to be hungry. You're going to be overstimulated. You're going to be totally, at some point, even if you're in the most extroverted person, you're going to be peopled out. So just keep in mind, like, sometimes when you travel, people don't see the best parts of you all of the time. So pick people who are going to bring out the best parts of you. Yeah. Mm. In my case, pick people that you don't mind seeing you cry. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Because things yeah. are so beautiful. Uh. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, very good, very In good. In my case, uh, pick people who are okay with, uh, like, 30 minutes of silence in the car. Right. You know? It's wonderful. Yeah, it's beautiful. With that said, I'm not letting Ben and you out of my sight in Japan. So. <laughs> That's fine, as long as we don't always have to talk. It'll be fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, jokes. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, you guys do what you want. Uh, all right. Well, um, yeah. Thank you, Shelby. I, I think that's it for for this week. If you have any questions, email us at tripitumi at gmail dot com, and please like, subscribe, follow, do whatever you do. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we'll post on Instagram. Maybe we won't. Or maybe not. We're just gonna keep you on your toes. Yeah, keep me on my toes. Same. Um, yeah. Uh, and yeah we'll be back with another episode soon thanks everybody Woo-hoo. yeah <laughs> thank you bye bye